Hello and welcome to Inspo with ID. Today we're talking um, youth leadership and politics. A lot of young people want to make a mark in politics and youth leadership, but unfortunately they're going about it the wrong way. And this is why um, I'm doing this episode today to talk about the experiences of youth leadership and what young people need to do to make a mark to be outstanding and to make constant progress. My guest today is a distinguished personality. He holds a double honor in history and international studies and law. He's known for his very frank and articulate positions on issues. He represents a huge success in youth leadership in our society and has mentored many of the present crop of successful youth leaders in Bielsa State and beyond. He is a former spokesman for the Ijo Youth Council, IYC, and a former special advisor to Henry Seriaket Dixon when he was governor of Bielsa State. He's a well-known and respected personality and has held different positions in and outside government. He's a Christian and married with kids. He is Mr. Obupele Jeremiah Perikami. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Grace. Thank you very much. Thank you. For the Welcome to Inspo with ID. I am so honored to have you here. You. We're talking about politics and youth leadership, and you're a great example of success when it comes to youth leadership. So I want you to talk to us um, about your journey and what led you into politics. How has it been so far? Well, I think that's quite a, a question, but I'll try as much as possible to put it in. Uh, context. First, I grew up born and bred within the Joe area. Okay. I saw the squalor. I saw all the uh, opportunities that are wasted. I saw the debilitation at a very young age. I have always aspired to be good in whatever I do, but I also realized that there were many obstacles in my way of progress. This is the background to which I okay. was born. But a little bit beyond the background, I was born to a military officer as father wow. and then a teacher as mother. And fortunately, my father, though a military officer, was also an educationist. And so that shaped my educational foundation. My mother would always tell me, as my father will, that the best form of education or the best form of legacy that any parent can give to is our children is to give them a sound education and a good Christian background. Okay. My mother, who is very passionate about God, never stayed away from always teaching me about godly virtues. So these were the kind of characteristics that I grew up to know. As a young, very young and early age, I had a very strong passion for reading. At the age of maybe 15 or before 15, I've read over a hundred books. <laughs> That's awesome. Different literature. Wow. Yes name it novels alike and i was very passionate about trying to know what was beyond my immediate environment yeah. and so that made me to also read voraciously on geography to know what's the old earth what's what's it all about what are the places beyond my immediate environment yeah. so these are the things that shaped my brain up. my advent into unionism struggle and of course the job issues um, cannot be said to be accidental because I already had a mindset that my people were living below average. 
And so this made me to become a consummate reader. And then when I got into the university, I quickly and immediately identified at 100 level. Okay. Because I realized that having read through many literatures, unionism has always uh, shaped the course of events. Yes. You read South African history, you read European history, students have always played that pivotal role. And this is because they are a conscious sect of people. They are educated, they are erudite, and therefore they understand the kind of things that they need, what will shape the tomorrow. And they are always available at every point to ensure that they do what is needed and necessary. You look at the lives of uh, our great patriots, Azikboro, Awolowo, Herbert Macaulay. They were all student union leaders at yes, one time were. or the other. And more so because they were introduced to Western education. They came back fully prepared and armed to be able to deepen the narrative of development in their various uh, spheres of life. And so these were the thoughts that shaped where I am at an early age. So when I got into university from year one, I started doing unionism. My penchant was for better welfare policies for students, especially at that level of uh, governance. Okay. But a little bit beyond that was to harm myself with the requisite knowledge and characters that to be able to shape and mold me to becoming what I aspire to be, which is what I am today, and of course still molding and aspiring. And so all through my university days, the likes of Samuel Obuku, the likes of Manuel Dali, the likes of Mebi White, the likes of Tony Sena, these were my my school uh, friends and colleagues way back wow. then in university, the likes of Honorable Tumu Etimi, Omubagala in the State House of uh, Assembly. These were people that we all went to school together. The likes of Chris Ekeo, who was I, former president of the Jolly Council, who also finished from the University of Benin. The likes of Udense Radri. These were my peers, who were people who were both all passionate about the kind of Ijona that we dream to see. And so this shaped us and the uh, of course, we all graduated from our various universities. We became different things at different times. Right. The great confrontation between the student leadership and the military government going forward, even to Alamisa, that led to payment of Bosri. Who were the brains behind it? The history yeah, is there when you ask, we tell you. We're fearless, we're dogged, but above all, we're, we're a set of very intelligent young men who understood exactly what we want and what we think should be for us. And not just any kind of thing. We were determined and we are also passionate. So that's how we moved into unionism. And of course, when we realized that the educational timeline was also coming to an end, there was need because we were very energetic and passionate. We needed another platform to begin to, to express, to express ourselves. ourselves. That led us straight into the Joint Council. I have the honor of serving as the fifth spokesman of the Joint Council. My predecessors are the likes of Kingsley Kuku who has made one of the most indelible legacies of Marx in yeah. Jordan. The likes of uh, uh, Isaac Oswaka, who is now a professor in the University of Calabar. He was the very first spokesman who wandered over to Kingsley yeah, Kuku. Yeah. We had in Salafa White, who is late. We had the, the, uh, the Peter and Jube, and of course myself, going further to Eric and the rest of it. We served the Jordan at that level, very energetic, passionate, we did all we can within our spheres of influence to see that changes comes to us. But most especially was the fact that we realized at a very early age, of course myself inclusive, that there was need to build character. And I think this is one of the most essential missing link 
in our present youth generation. Yes, sir. Yeah. That even brings us to the next thing we want to talk about, right. where um, what is expected of young people who want to come into politics? What should they be looking at? What are the things they should avoid? Because there are principles. I read um, a lot of what you write, and there are things that have spoken to me that you've talked about, such as service, such as honesty, and other things like that. Can you take us through? Well, you, you see, the generation matters. And like I said before, the background of everybody also matters. But I think that when people talk about mentorship, when people talk about role models, there's need for our young generational leadership to understand what role models are. Now, today, when people talk about going or venturing into politics, they are more inspired by wealth. By wealth, the affluence. Fame, affluence. Yes. And the perks of office that comes with it. I, I, I didn't see public service or politics from that dimension. No, I didn't see it from that realm. In all the places I've worked, I try as much as possible to leave a legacy. And that's a legacy of service. Yes. A legacy of touching life. Success is not about how rich you are. Success basically is about the number of people you affect positively that will be able to affect others to cause a chain reaction. That's yes. what success is all about. Now, these days, most of our youth see it from a different realm. And like I wanted to uh, say before the interjection into the next question, I think the most important thing is character, service, and of course, erudition. If you go to certain places that I've worked and you say, this is what Jeremiah Wagner did, some persons will just come out and punch you. They'll okay. tell you, no, he's not known for this. Mm -hmm. I remember on my 42nd or third birthday, uh, Honorable Omuba Gala had this to say about me. He said, I've known him from university days. He's passionate, he's sound, he's intelligent, but above all, he's very principled. And he likes to fight, but he fights only good fights. And he doesn't lose. Now, this is somebody who had known me for a period of, let's say, between three to four, five years while we were also. He was president of NOPS, University of Patakot, as big as it is, he was the president. And so he had the ability to <coughs> relate with people, to understudy people, to understand them, and to be able to give a, a profiling or an evaluation of what the person is all about. And that's what he said about him. And so, as a youth leader who is coming up with an intention to go into politics or public service, you must have character. And character is what defines a man. What yes. do you believe in? A man that believes in nothing will fall for anything. Yes. What are the defining things that you so treasure in your life? For example, in my kind of life, if I hold a principle very dead, nothing will deter me. I believe in ethical values, yes. I believe that things must be done rightly. You can't put a gun in my neck and ask me to do something against my principles. It will not work. For those who have been my friends from university, they will tell you I'm absolutely stubborn. Very, very stubborn when it comes to principles. As long as it doesn't agree with what I believe, then I can take it. I'm also somebody that is strong-willed. I'm not persuaded by certain things. We all like good life, we all like money, but at what cost? The character of a youthful leader is one of the defining things that will make them to either excel or to fail. What to take them the, through their career? Next has to do with erudition, education. You don't become a leader by just being a leader. There must be some, some thought pattern. There must be something about you. You must build your mind. Yeah. And this has to do with a lot of study. A lot of people we have in government today, and I have no apology for this, they don't even read. 
they don't read as a public office holder you must have time to read and this is one of the discerning characteristics of H.S. Dixon that I always respect and yes. I say it anyway he reads a lot when you read you get more abreast with current realities current ideas that shapes the world you don't stay in your cocoon and you think that you'll be better people talk about Buari 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 one of the problems they had is that he didn't develop himself yes a great man he was our head of state but after he left office what else did he do those are the questions so for a youthful leader you need to have a serious sense of education you must build your mind this is either you are going programs it doesn't have to do with masters and phd yes it, it has to do with building the mind and this has it's to do with continuous is a daily effort yes. i grew up to see my father every morning when he wakes up even as a military officer after i would finished pressing his uniform he will send for newspapers every morning he reads guardian vanguard this day different kind of uh, and this was in the north and so when he finished i would also pick it up and i read and i begin to shape my ideas about democracy at a very early age very early age i can tell you about marxism at a very early age i can tell you about the cold war even before i became a student of history wow. that at a certain point this war was divided into two divides those that believe in capitalism and those who believe in uh, socialism and that divided the nation and africa became the theater of war these were things I knew at a very early age. How often does our youth leaders even read? Right. It's not about going to social media to post or sitting down in bars <laughs> and drinking. Fine, there are social things that come with the realities of time, but how much time do you invest in, in your yourself, mind? in your mind? This is very, very key. Let me give you an example. I was contesting for president of Knox. This is many, many years ago. My opponent was a barrister, Fia Bipanade. I had the opportunity to sit with uh, the former governor, Timper Silver, and then I also sat with uh, uh, a senior official of the government whose name I like to keep uh, quiet for the purpose of this interview. Now, after 10, 15 minutes of interaction, the man told me that if I were asked to choose between you and your opponent who have had the real privilege of also meeting, and others who are also contested, I will choose you without a blink of an eye. He said, you bring to the table a lot of ideas, confidence and erudition. These are not things you pick on the street. These are things that you take deliberate efforts to, to end. Develop, yeah. You end them by way of developing yourself. So sometimes when we look at the leadership of this generation, we ask ourselves a lot of very serious questions. Are we really ready for the generational shift? I am of that proponent that things must be done well. This age of our leaders must hand over to the next group. But the question I also ask myself in very quiet moments is, are we really ready? Are we really ready? I see a lot of people who are ready to become youth leaders, but they are lacking. And that's why in my sphere of influence, I try to teach them, to direct them what is the best way to do things. So that tomorrow when you find yourself in places of leadership, you will exhibit that spirit of excellence. This government today has one of the youngest commissioners in the history of this uh, democracy, if uh, I put it that way. Dr. Papa Iguele is a young man I knew many years ago. The family okay. are close to me and I've had the privilege of interacting with him in one, two, three or many occasions. And when I look at him and the kind of things he does, that's the kind of thing we expect youth leaders to do. To do yes. You come with a different perspective to things. You think outside the box. 
you get things done. You inspire people and you make people to believe in you. If we have two, three, four, five, six of such characters, I can assure you the, the future can be defined very clearly. Very clear for us. Thank you so much, sir. There's a lot I got from what you said. You talked about service, you talked about reading, you talked about developing yourself. And you know, it's very easy to spot someone who has developed themselves. True. When you come out to speak, the way you carry yourself, everything about you will be different. Very different. And then you'll be equipped to make a lasting legacy. So what is your vision for, for Biosa State? Where do you see us going? And how do you think this can be achieved? Hmm. That's quite a question. And this is because when you juxtapose the realities of ground, the characters that would define the next set of leaders, vis-a-vis -vis our vision for Biasa in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, it becomes a very difficult question to respond. And I'm being very frank. Yes, I understand. I hold a firm view that Biasa can be great. And I think that we can actually be the greatest in this country. And this is premised on certain realities. One, we've got sound and intelligent youths. They may not be very few, they may not be much, but talented ones with a strong sense of patriotism. They have what it takes to deliver when given the opportunity. The question is, are they given the opportunity? Would the realities on ground and the present crop of people allow such inspiring people to come, knowing that this will mean that there will be shift of attention, there will be shift of paradigm? That's the first question. Secondly, I also believe that with the kind of terrain we have and the vast resources that God has blessed us with, we have what it takes to be the very first nation yes, we do. in this state. Yes. I, in, the, my, in my sphere of work, I've traveled to Malaysia many times. I've gone to Philippines many times, different parts of this world. But Malaysia struck my life. When you look at the history of Malaysia, this is one of the countries we call the, the Asian Tigers. In the 70s, they were nothing. They were a third world country. They took, they took spirited efforts, decisions. And one of the things they did was to invest very aggressively in agriculture. And one of the, the products they did this is palm. Okay. Today, palm is one of the mainstay of the Malaysian economy. And today they are said to be a fast developing country. Per capita income, everything is different from us. But this was a nation that was like us. This state is blessed with vast agricultural potentials. And that's why I commend the governor for the choice of Dr. Of uh, Alagua, the present commissioner for Africa. Yeah. I've been watching him very keenly. I've been doing a study on the policies he's advancing, the actions he's taking to move us to Marshall's economy in terms of agricultural produce. And I think that given the, the peace he's going, if he's encouraged with the right leadership which Doyle is giving to him, I think that it may not be immediate. But if the policies and actions are sustained within a period of time, I see our economy changing for a very fast leap. That leap is going to give us employment, the multiplier effect of employment, the multiplier effect will be a lot of influx of people, the multiplier effect will increase in tax, and the multiplier effect of this will be business, the multiplier effect will also be increase in IGR. 
The moment we are able to move our idea from what it is today, which is still a work in progress, to that level where it can sustain our goals as a nation or as a state, then it means that we have entered into that realm where we will now be on the fast track of development. He's doing well, and I see that the governor is giving him a lot of uh, support. This must continue. Now, the other aspect which I talked about is the number of people who have what it takes to do the things, but the question, like I asked, would they be given the opportunity to express? And this is because we have become a nation, a state that is government dependent. And I'm happy that the trajectory in the last couple of two, within the period of the COVID, there's been a dramatic change. It changes. There's been a lot of entrepreneurial activities that are springing up. And a lot of our young females are showing a very strong aptitude for being entrepreneurial in yes. nature. They are doing extremely well. They may face their challenges, but they have also told us that they have the will to be able to, 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 to manage any storm that comes. That's, that's good. Creativity. I've attended several functions in social settings that shows that we have very excellent creative minds in Bayasa. Yes, what do. they now need, it's an atmosphere that allows them to develop their skills on one hand and also another atmosphere that will push them and give them the necessary way with that, necessary resources for them to go into a larger scale and of course a larger platform. And then by so doing, we are beginning to get things rightly. Now, because of the nature of our economy, which is state-driven, everybody wants to go into government. Yes. I can understand the sentiment and the situation. Now, most of the people going into government, a good number of them, they don't have what it takes. And I'm sorry to say this, I have no apology. They don't. The reality is now, those who do not have what it is but are bent on maintaining their sphere of control as against those who are talented, who exceptionally developed themselves to the extent that they'll be able to discharge and give us goals, becoming a minority. Yes. It is this balance that is now the issue. It would take a very focused leader, it would take a, 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 a leader that is so politically very strong, who of course has a clear, very clear defined thoughts on his vision, to be able to come in and say, no, this is how I want things to be done. I don't care what you think, but you must get things right. right. It's a gradual process. It's not going to be immediate. And so, for me, Bayasa holds a very strong future. But this future is dependent on the kind of policies we are going to make, on the characters that we elected to lead us, on the vision of the people that will have the, 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 the mandate of our people. And of course, the general consensus about youth, which is the most active segment of people to say, it is time for us to take our destinies, our destinies into our hands. The moment we are conscious enough to go beyond political affiliations, political sentiments, loyalties that are of no value as far as I'm concerned, but to see things from a very strict objective point of view. Because like I've always held, the failure or success of any leadership is, is a collective body. If the Hidri succeeds today, I'll be happy, you'll be happy. We will yes. all be proud to call Bias our, our state. You see, the, the whole crew, when the first plane landed, everybody commanded Governor Doidri, you are doing well, you are doing well. It's because it's a shared vision. If he fails, all of us will also fail with him. And so far, so good. That's the kind of mindset we need to have. But like I said, the youths control the fulcrum of power because we are the people that go to the field to do the dentist. 
We are the people that that controls the perception. We are the people that they, they, they ask to go and carry ballot boxes. We are the people that do toggling. No, I'm saying this, and because these are realities you can't yes, run away from. Yes, these are the realities. We are the conscious sect of the bias of populism. The moment we understand that actions or inactions of government today is going to be the body we are going to carry because it will project our future either in failure in victory. The earlier we realize this and form a consensus kind of platform where we see things from an objective point of view, devoid of parochial sentiments of party affiliation, loyalties to one leader who does not care how you develop. The only thing he cares is to call you to do things, give you pay, not to tie it to his actual string. The moment you are able to deviate from such mentality and begin to forge a common front and objective that Bayasa, we must get, see this Bayasa of our dreams get to where it wants. And then at that point, we don't look about who you serve or who is your boss or which party. We look about credibility. Credibility of the person we wish to support. That's the time that we're going to get things better. And so it's difficult for me to tell you that we're going to succeed in the next 20 years. It's also difficult to tell you that we're going to fail because there are many, there are many uh, absolutes and alternatives that need to come together for us to be able to give a defined position. Thank you so much, sir. So what are your concluding words to someone out there who wants to make a mark, you want to do something extraordinary? What do you have to say to such a person? First, I'll tell you to have the fear of God. Okay. There are many things I've faced in life that the fear of God allowed me to surmount these challenges. A man without the fear of God has a mind that is open to anything. Anything at all, Evil yes. and good alike. Yes. So first, you must have a very strong devotion to God to understand that there is a maker who rules in the affairs of men without whom nothing can happen that's the first line of our the second line is to develop yourself in terms of character let people know you for who you are this man stands for something a man that has defined certain principles is not swayed by pecuniary interests or materialism no he understands that this is wrong and this is where to draw the Good line. Mind. So, fear of God, a strong character, and then erudition. You must be very educated. Educated to that point where people can say, we need this man. Without him, things cannot uh, yes. work. We need him to project our image. Yes. Once you develop yourself to that level, you become relevant. And you'll be able to shape society's opinion and uh, the kind of things we do. So, for me, those I think are the three very cardinal objective that any aspiring youth leader must as a necessity thank you so much sir i've learned a lot and i know that um, you have also learned a lot from sure. this and it's not enough to follow politicians around because you want to become a politician you have to sit back ask yourself very important questions like we've discussed today get your vision straight get your strategy straight decide on who you want to be and start working towards it and you definitely make a mark and you stand out from the crowd thank you so much sir i've had an awesome time and till i come your way again um idemia george you can connect with me on facebook and instagram at inspo with id thank you for listening